You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Paul's put it on of a guy who goes down to the shop and he asks for a bottle of milk and the lady behind the counter starts rattling off, boom, boom, boom. You know, do you want soy? Do you want almond? Do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this or whatever? And he ends up by saying, I just want a bottle of milk. Choices. And today, that's what you've got to do if you go to the supermarket. You go and have a look at the, the milk fridge. It's just bottle after bottle after bottle of all different types of milk. You know, Judy likes almond milk, so I've got to find this almond milk too, so she, she can have that. And, and I like skim, so I've got to try and find skim. And, and, and so it's all, all different. And uh, you go down and try and buy some shampoo, and you've got to know what brand you want, because otherwise you're going to get something completely wrong. You know, for oily hair or uh, curly hair or whatever, it just goes on and on and on. And, and what about watching TV? When I first went into ministry out west, TV was the first time I got the TV out there. And I went into one of the ladies' houses and she was so thrilled. She said, Neil, she said, I've got TV. One channel, the ABC. And it was all snowy. You couldn't see anything. But she was so thrilled that she had TV. But today, wow. You know, free TV, you've got heaps and heaps of channels, then you've got paid TV on top of that. Choices, choices, choices. But it's the same in life, isn't it? You know, I was talking to my niece yesterday, she's in grade nine, and uh, she's got to make choices now for what she's going to do when she goes into university. And it even started back in grade eight. Choices. And the wrong choice could make a big difference in in the way that you you live your life. And the same thing happens when we come before God. Choices. And this morning I want us to think about that. I'm going to put some scripture up on the the board, up on the screen. First of all, from Deuteronomy. And this is God speaking to the Israelites. And he says this, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both you and your seed may live. If you go back earlier in the book of Deuteronomy, God gives all the blessings to the Israelites if they follow him. And then he gives the list of all the curses that will come upon them. Not what God's going to put upon them, but what's going to come upon them because they're not following God. And now he comes and says, I want you to choose. And he gives the answer to them. Isn't that great? He actually gives you the answer. Wouldn't it be good if we were at school and, and when the test came, that the answers were given to you so you, you knew exactly how to answer. God said, choose life. And then we've got Moses. Moses goes up. I want you just to think back about the Israelites. Here they are. They've just been brought out of Egypt with all the plagues. They miraculously crossed the Red Sea and now they are in the wilderness and Moses goes up into the mountain to get the Ten Commandments and he's gone for 40 days. Within that 40 days, those Israelites have taken gold, melted it down and made a golden calf and now are beginning to worship it. I mean, 
I, I can't fathom that. Experiencing all the things that God had done and now they're <coughs> worshipping a golden calf. And Moses comes back down, sees what they're doing, and this is what he says to them. And Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. They had to choose who they were going to serve. And then in, in 1 Kings chapter 18, I, I think this is one of the, the best stories there are in the Bible. I just absolutely love this story. Let me give you a little bit of background. The Israelites are under the leadership of King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. And Queen Jezebel is a very wicked queen and she runs the house. She, she tells Ahab what to do and when to do it and, and he follows those orders. And, uh, and she's got the people worshipping a god called Baal, B-A-A-L. And this is supposed to be a sun god and so on top of all the buildings were these images of this, of this god. So the first thing the sun hit in the morning was this god and the last thing it hit in the afternoon was this god. They believed it was a fertile god and so they would put these images out in the fields hoping that the fields would grow better. They offered children as human sacrifices to this god and the people began to worship it. Again, I, I can't imagine why you would bow down to an image and worship it. But that's what they began to do. So God's brought a famine upon the land. For three and a half years it hasn't rained. And the king and Jezebel are all blaming Elijah. And Elijah, God's been protecting him. And now Elijah comes back and they go up on top of the mountain, Mount Carmel. And all the prophets of Baal there and all the people and the king. And he says these words. And Elijah came to the people and said, How long will you hold between two opinions? If the Lord be God, then follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And then the story really begins. Because he, he gets the, uh, the prophets of Baal to, to build a sacrifice and to kill a bullock and put it on the top. And they had to call upon their God to send fire down from heaven. And they do that. They cry out and they cry out. And they do it for hours. To eventually they get into a frenzy. They begin to cut, pull their hair out and cut themselves and so Elijah calms them down and then he, he build, rebuilds the altar and he gets them to go down and bring back water. There was four pails there and they had to do it three times. Twelve pails of water right over the sacrifice. He had dug a trench around the side. It was all filled with water. And he gets back and he just says, God, send fire from heaven and down comes the fire. And the people that day chose to follow God. I think I would too. Child, you've got to make decisions. And then we have Jesus in Matthew chapter 7 and verses 13 to 14. And this is a passage I want us to think about this morning. It reads, Jesus speaking at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. He says, Enter in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, or, if you like, to hell. And many bear be that find it, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads unto heaven or to life. Few there be that find it. So we've got the crossroads. Heaven or hell. And Jesus is saying, you've got to choose. I want you to choose the narrow way, but there are two ways. And so we, we have the, the broad way, and then we also have the narrow way. And Jesus said, broad is the way and many people that are on it. Here's a typical 
morning on the M1 going to Brisbane, isn't it? <laughs> or going from Budgery Bar down to Palm Beach all day. The Broadway, and Jesus said many are on this particular road. And I gave thought to that. Well, why are there so many people on the Broadway? It's because it's so easy. You can just follow the crowd. Everybody's doing it, so they follow along. You know, um, I came to see the Titans when, a couple of years ago, caught the bus uh, from Mudjubau over to Robina here, got off the bus and walked up over the railway line and down, and there's thousands of people going to see the game. They close off the roads, police everywhere, and here you are, and if you try to turn the other way and go back, you get trampled. It's just a mass of people going down to go into the big arena. And uh, so I'm following down, and I've got a prepaid ticket. And I said, that's going to be good, because when I get down there, I can get into a special line and go through the crowd. And so here we are all coming down, everyone following each other, and then you all had to come into a line, because there's only a narrow gate to get in, one at a time. And so here I am, back here waiting. I'm going to get in early. I'm going to get in early. We move. And we move. And we move. 20 minutes later, we're moving. We're moving. And it wasn't until I got just about right down to the gate, I suddenly realised there was another gate over there that had prepaid tickets. <laughs> but you see, I had followed the crowd because that was the thing that everybody was doing. But the narrow gate was over there and I was missing out. And I think a lot of people miss out on that narrow gate because everybody's doing it the other way. It'd be more difficult to do it a different way. On this broad road, it doesn't matter what you think. As long as you are sincere, so people tell me. You know, I watched the, the big game on Wednesday night. I don't know how many of you watched it, the State of Origin. And uh, I'm a Queenslander, so I was going for my own. And during the game, we lost, by the way, on a Wednesday night, but... Shush. <laughs> and, uh, but during the game, one of the Maroons intercepted the ball as the Blues were passing it over, and he took off and he ran the field. And no one caught him, and he got a try at the other end. And I'm there, come on, come on, come on! It was fantastic, I loved it. But I heard of another guy in another game who got the ball and he ran. And as he ran, the whole crowd stood up and they were yelling, come on! No, they were yelling actually. They weren't yelling that. I'll tell you what they were yelling in a moment. But they were yelling and he kept running and running and he was really sincere. The trouble was he ran the wrong way and lost the game. What the crowd was yelling was, stop! Stop! He was very sincere, but very sincerely wrong. And so many people are on this broad road, very sincere, but sincerely wrong. There are people on that broad road who say, well, I don't want to get on the narrow road because it's not fair. Fancy Jesus saying it's only through him that you can have life. And in John 14 and 6, you know that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so there are those on the broad road who are saying, well, it's not fair. 
Surely I can do anything I like. I can think the way I like. They tell me that all roads lead to, to God anyway, so I'm okay here. But that's not the way it is, is it? You see, there's only a few on that narrow road. But these two roads lead to two different destinations. The broad road, Jesus said, is going to destruction, which means total separation from God. Or as the Bible calls it, hell. There is a hell, and it's not a good place to be in. The Bible gives us a few descriptions of it. It talks about fire. It talks about death. It talks about separation from God. And we've never experienced separation from God. Here, as we live on this earth, we've got the grace of Jesus living over us. But this is going to be a time where we're going to be completely and totally cut off from God. And I don't want to be in that place. Jesus talked about the the hell being a place of gnashing and gashing of teeth. Now, I don't really know what that means, but it doesn't sound really nice. It talks about uh, having a thirst that can't be quenched. Now, I don't know about you if you've ever got thirsty, but you know, can you imagine a thirst that can never, ever be quenched? And here's this broad road with many, many people on it going to destruction. The narrow road, obviously, is going the other way, is going to heaven. And Jesus said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And as we read the back of Revelation, we, we find a description of what heaven's all about. You know, no more pain, no more suffering. And, and I often add to that, you know, no more wearing glasses and no more false teeth and, and no more of those things. That's all gone. It's going to be beautiful in heaven. Romans 6.23, the beginning part says the wages of sin is death. But the second part says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. And of course, 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, choices, choices. And we made a choice to come here this morning. I'm glad you did. But which road are we on? And I guess we can answer that straight away, can't we? We're on the, on the narrow road. But there are hundreds of thousands of people out there on the Broadway who don't realise they're going to destruction. And the challenge is for you and I, Yes, we've decided to follow the narrow way. Yes, we've decided to let Jesus be our saviour. Yes, we've asked him to forgive us. But now we are to reach out to them. To let them know that they're on the wrong road. And that's the question, isn't it? Not so much, are we on the right road? But yes, we are on the right road, but what are we doing about it as far as reaching out to others? Letting them know the real message that all roads don't lead to God. That the road they're on is leading to destruction. It doesn't matter what attitude they have. It doesn't matter what type of um, reactions they have. The fact is that they're on the wrong road, that they need to come to Jesus. And you and I have got that message. And you, are there, you and I are there to, to, to pass that message on. 
So the first question is, are we on the narrow road or wide road? But secondly, yes, we are on the narrow road. We can answer that question. But what are we doing about it? How are we reaching out to those out there? In other words, if they look at you and look at me, can they see something different in our lives in compared to this? You know, we can come here Sunday morning and Monday morning off we go and we can be just like them and they probably don't even realise and wondering why we had come to church and spent a couple of hours here when we could have been down surfing or doing something else. What is it that, that's different about us that they need? Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. He said, you are the light of the world. We are to get out there and be that so they can see that. Because so often it's not what we say, it's what we do. It's how we live our lives. So yes, you're here today. I believe you're on the narrow road if you've given your life to Jesus. But what are you now doing about it as far as reaching out and touching other people's lives? Let's come before him in prayer.